Good morning. Welcome to the Authentic Rob G Podcast. I'm Rob G. Oh, here we are. I'm on my way into the box, and it's a it's a great morning. Sun's out, a couple of clouds, 40 degrees, 7.22 a.m. on Thursday, November 29th, 2018. Closing in on the holidays coming up, and uh, it's pretty exciting. I just want to give a little plug on my platforms. If you want to find me across the web, you can find me at AuthenticRobG on Twitter and Instagram. And you can head on over to YouTube for my channel Savvy, S-A-V-V-Y, with Rob G. And there I talk about business ownership, branding, and productivity. So today on the podcast, we've got a great topic. And, um, you know, here on the podcast, we talk about business branding and life. And a lot of times you're going to get business advice, branding advice from a life perspective, how it affects your life because... Here's the thing. I believe if you own your own business, that if you truly have a, a great business that you love, it, it is intertwined into your life. They overlap so much that sometimes it's just hard to distinguish. And that's not a bad thing. That just means that you're probably in the right business for you. I believe that about for myself. Being in the branding world, I think everything is branding and... Um, you know, I just uh, I love everything having to do with it, and it's because it's it embodies an experience. That's what branding is. It's a feeling you get when you interact with anything, really. A person, you know, huge these days is personal branding. People don't really know what that is. They hear it, but they're not really sure. Personal branding meaning you brand yourself personally. You, the person, you will make a person feel a certain way and if you are consistent in that messaging and everything that goes along with it out on your social you become a brand so many famous people are brands and um, you know if done right you will own a brand that nobody else will own because you are uniquely you so personal branding regular branding or business branding organizational branding very similar, um, but when we apply it to business, business is, you know, sometimes it's removed from us, but a lot of times if you're the founder, if you're the owner of the business, the purpose for you being in business, the reason you started it is maybe there's something you didn't like in your industry and you wanted to do it different. You obviously wanted to do something to um, maybe... Being in business for yourself means control for you. Being in control, being able to make the decisions. Maybe it's about money. You want to make more money. And when you own your own business, you effectively can control your rates. Now, when you have your own business, a lot of business owners don't think much about branding. Or if they do, they think, let me get a logo. And that's my brand. And let's, uh, let's define it first. Let's really define it and break it down. Because today's topic is going to be about flat out just about what branding is and the way to properly brand from a mindset perspective that is going to involve a little bit of fearlessness. All right, so if you're the faint of heart, you may, want, you may not want to continue listening to this podcast because it could get a little intense. I'm just kidding. Stick around. 
you'll see for yourself. But branding, generally speaking, uh, some great definitions of branding. Uh, um, one of the uh, world's top branders, David Breyer, has defined branding simply as the art of differentiation. And I love that definition because it really succinctly and simply states what it is. It is the ability to discover what your brand is and then effectively create a separating factor from everybody else in your industry. Differentiation, what makes you different. It's also been said that I think it was Jeff Bezos from Amazon. I think he's the one that was quoted as saying, branding is what people say about you when you're not in the room. So hand in hand with that is, like I said before, it's how you feel when you interact with a person, organization, a company. It's how that company makes you feel. That's branding. So it encompasses, yes, the logo as the visual element that identifies the company. And yes, it's the website, which is more interactive online. You see the logo, you see the typography, the color scheme, the images used, and what most people don't think about or or know about, if you're not in the industry, it's a subtle thing, but the messaging So the copy that is written, the voice, the tone of speaking in the copy that is written is part of branding. Is it more corporate speak or is it on the more casual note? When you are speaking in videos, when your company is portrayed in videos or the videos that your company creates, how is that coming across? You know, you've seen different kinds of videos. How about... The guy dressed in a suit and tie, standing in a, uh, an office, a conference room, giving you bullet points about how to properly do this and properly do that, and the, here are the 10 steps to blah, blah, blah. You know, that, that appeals to a certain crowd, and that's fine. Uh, how about the, the 25-year-old hipster millennial who started his own startup? That's a little different. That's going to have a lot different tone to it. It's going to be more casual. You know, check out uh, what we know, Mr. Zuckerberg in the hoodie. The dude created Facebook out of his college dorm room, never took off his hoodie. Where is it to this day? I think he's got a whole closet full of hoodies. You know, no no suits for him, right? So that's, that's a brand that he has, and he's known for that look. Even though he probably didn't intentionally do it, that's kind of who he is. So all these are contributing factors to what your brand is. Now, if you don't know squat about branding, it's going to sound like a lot. And it may sound like any one of those things, well, you know, you can skip out on any one of those and not, you know, do it fully or do it at all or maybe not do it in a conscious, concerted effort. Eh, Big mistake. I mean, the whole thing with branding is all those things act together in a unified fashion. They are all purposely and intentionally created after your brand identity is discovered. Those things are created to emote, to convey, to communicate that brand 
in an audio and visual fashion on purpose to a certain customer, a certain target audience. I hope this is making sense. So if you think you because you, you got a logo, you got a brand, you're mistaken, it's going to be it's going to take a real branding professional to intentionally number 1 well let's get into this in a second but I'm just going to get into the process in a, in a little bit. But let's just leave it at it's got to all be done purposely together um, in order to intentionally convey what your brand is. So that's what branding is um, and what it is not. So what does it take to create a brand? You know, a lot of times when, when we meet with clients, you know, we talk about things like, you know, what... What makes you different? Um, wh- what makes you different from your competition out there in your industry? And a lot of times you hear things like, well, you know, we give great service. Um, you know, we have the best widget, whatever. You know, we have the best prices, whatever it may be. And, and that's all well and good. But if everybody's saying that, then how is that the art of differentiation? You've got to think about this for a second. I know when I am, um, especially when my my wife, my wife, she doesn't really get all this stuff. She's She's got her own brand herself. She doesn't understand this stuff that is a little bit more um, more dynamic. This stuff is really dynamic. And, and so she doesn't get it. I try and show her design sometimes, but it, it's, <laughs> put it politely, I mean, it's wasted on her because she just doesn't get it. She just... You know, she um, is a different kind of person who doesn't understand the cerebral part of what I do, but she does know how it makes her feel. And so she, she, you know, she'll, she's great because she'll question some things I do and make me think about it uh, out of genuine, maybe she doesn't understand it. So that may be where I may miss the mark a little bit on some things and, and it's great feedback. But, you know, when, when we talk about, um, a company and what people expect you know these days is different from years ago where um, years ago when you did business it was like you were, you were expected to show up in at least uh, if you're a man pants dress shoes collared shirt and a jacket sometimes a tie if you're gonna go full suit that was how you did business and your hair was trimmed and you were clean cut and that was the expectation. It's a really kind of corporate, uh, conference room type of style that, thank God, is not the norm anymore. Because I didn't like it back then, and I certainly don't like it now. Because the internet has really uh, changed things. You know, can you see that? I mean, if you've been around a little while, you can see that the internet has made it possible for any kind of person to express themselves um, through building a business, through social media, maybe their own personalities are coming out, and get huge followings. You know, YouTube, this is a totally obvious statement that the famous YouTubers, you know, they just vlog, they show their life. And when you live your everyday life, you know, most people aren't going around in a shirt and tie and jacket. So, but these people, they appeal to the regular side of everybody, the relaxed side of everybody, they've made it really mainstream because now you've got millionaires who built their brand 
on the, what, what their life is. I mean, they just live their life and they film it and people watch it. It's the new TV. And so they make a lot of money, some of these people. And the ability to do that gives them influence. And now these influencers make it possible to just say, hey, look, you can just be who you are and be successful. And all the rules of business have been rewritten. Thank God. Are you with me? So back to branding. What does it take to differentiate yourself? How do you do that? What, what does it actually mean? Well, it takes, and I'm going to tell you, it, this is where a lot of people aren't going to like this. They're not going to agree with it. And I'm okay with that. It's all right. The fact is, it's, it's truth. And I'm not saying it's the only way to do it, but I'm going to tell you, it is the best way to do it because it is the way that works. It just takes some guts. It takes a little bit of uh, risk. It definitely takes the ability to change. You've got to be open to change. What am I leading up to here? Okay. So if you stay tuned this far and you've paid attention and bear with me through all my ranting and raving, I'm going to tell you here it is. If you want to have an effective brand... And when you are attempting to do it yourself or even work with a graphic designer, which if they're a designer, they're a designer. They're not necessarily a brander. And together you come up with a logo and a website and a name for your business. What are you basing it on? Most of the time you're basing it on your competition. And this is normal. I'm not judging you. But I know that you're going to go online and you're going to check out your competition's websites. You've no doubt become familiar with your competition's business as it is portrayed, say, on social media. Maybe you've heard some stories about your competition and their interaction with their customers from maybe your customers or people as you have conversations throughout your days. And you base your quote-unquote brand to be in line with what you think is the best of what you see in your competition. So, you go to their website. You like how they say something. You take it. You go to their website. You see their color scheme and you go, oh, I like that. And you borrow it. And you cobble together your quote-unquote brand based on what you've liked from your various competition. Am I hitting home with anybody? Well, listen, what else are you going to do? When you don't know how to brand, that's what you do. You you just want to get in the game so you feel like in order to compete, you enter the arena that has already been set out for you. In other words, your industry with your competition. And you align your team's uniforms and strategies with the other teams out there. So you look at Major League Baseball. It has rules. It has a set field. It has a a uniform that is cut in the same way. The colors change, but the cut is the same. So to enter that arena, you have to play by those rules. I'm going to tell you what to do. Throw the stinking rules out the window. Here's how to succeed in business and branding. 
throw the rules out the window, create your own rules, play your own game, and forget about the competition. Do you want to know why? Here's why. Have you ever lost uh, a client because you were too much money? That's a stupid question, right? Who hasn't? If you've ever lost a client because of money, you're too much money. Or they've got to think about it. They drag their feet. Why? Because it's about the money. It's about the fee. And do they want to pay that much money? Don't you hate that game? I hated that game. That's why we don't do it anymore. So how do you get around that? The only reason that clients base their decision on money is because you are the same as everybody else. Now let's just make an assumption for a second. If you're, the assumption is you have a great product or service. The quality is there. And say your customer service is just as good as everybody else's. All right, those are the assumptions. All things being equal, clients will buy based on price. Because what other factor could they base a decision on if you are the same as everybody else? You look at products on a shelf in a store and they all have the same ingredients and they all are the same inside and they all have the same nutritional benefits and they all have nice packaging. What's the difference? How much are these is the question. It's come down to price and now it's a downward spiral to the bottom of who is the cheapest and that's the one you choose. So don't play that game. Don't play the price game. So many famous companies have become wildly successful and it has nothing to do with price. Years ago, the ice creams that you bought, and I I love ice cream. Oh my gosh. I can remember as a kid, every single night, I would probably eat, you know those half gallons? Well, they were a half gallon when I, kid, when I was a kid, but they're smaller than a half gallon now. But anyway, the one container of ice cream, I would, I would dump half that into a bowl and have it every night. Chocolate ice cream. Sometimes vanilla with uh, the Hershey chocolate syrup, some whipped cream. Oh, man. I love that. But that was it. You know, it was, it was a lot of vanilla, chocolate, strawberry. And once in a while, you get some of these companies that would break the mold and come out with... You know, like butterscotch or some of these other ones. But never really got too adventuresome in the area of ice cream. And then comes along these two guys from Vermont who decided, why does ice cream have to be so vanilla? You know, so plain, so, uh, so yawners, humdrum. You know, you know who cares? Not, not exciting. So what they do? They decided to come up with different flavors that had chunks of fruit, huge chunks of chocolate or nuts, mixing it with syrups. And and these two guys named Ben and Jerry from Vermont created a whole line of flavors with crazy names like Cherry Garcia ice cream. They base it on Jerry Garcia from the Grateful Dead. Um, if you don't know who they are, they were huge in the 60s and 70s. People would follow them around the country. These guys name a an ice cream flavor after their guitarist and singer becomes a wild hit and then they come out with a whole bunch of other flavors that were equally as crazy 
And you want to know something? They totally went against the trend of offering the safe flavors. It was Briars and Turkey Hill and um, what was the other one? Ah, I forget the name. But all these big brands who would never take a chance on a flavor outside of the, the few regular ones. So it always came down to price. So anytime my mom would go to the grocery store to buy ice cream, she would, yeah, some of them taste differently. But out of the good ones that all tasted similar, it was always based on price. Always. When the one was on sale, that's the one she bought. And rightfully so. But Ben and Jerry's, people willingly hand over 50% more or more just to have the unique flavor and the cool designs on the container. And these two guys from Vermont who walked around in sandals and jeans and shirts were not the corporate type. We're not the, the big brand type. They were just two crunchy dudes from Vermont who started an ice cream company. And they're a mega brand today. So what do you need to do? <laughs> you need to buck the trends. You need to not play the pricing game. And here's what you do. You find out what you hate in your industry and you don't be, you know, you you base your brand on that. Ben and Jerry hated the fact that there was just these regular boring flavors and they went and did crazy things. And they attracted a whole audience of fans. So what is it you don't like about your industry? Make that your selling point. Make that your selling point. You will talk to the audience because if chances are if you hate it in your industry and it bothers you about other people who do that in your industry, chances are your whole audience or a good portion of your potential clientele don't like it either. And you become the one who doesn't do that. Guess what? They want you. And it has nothing to do with price and they'll pay extra just so they don't have to put up with that part of the, the industry. You know, I said this one time, um, I did something very simple, and this really, this is not really a branding thing, but I want to give you an example of a simple thing that makes all the difference. You know, these days, people don't use the phones anymore. They don't talk on the phones, but we still have phones, right? And if you're a business, of course, you need to have a phone. But I remember one time, a client called me up and left a message, wanted me to get back to them called them back the same day and you would have thought that I hung the moon she was so excited so couldn't stop thanking me for calling her back why because nobody calls back anymore if all you got to do is solve the thing that people hate in dealing with businesses how many times have you called up a business left a message and they don't call you back but the one who calls you back you're like wow they're already awesome so that's a real simplified example, but find what you hate in your industry and that your clients are frustrated by. Solve that problem, then make that your selling point and evolve your brand out of that. Stand for something that is so concrete and may rub some people the wrong way. And conversely, you attract so many other people who will pay more for what you offer because they identify with you. You understand? We, in our company, we don't make any apologies for the way we do business. We only work with 
companies that uh, we don't deal in e-commerce at Genovese Web. We don't um, you know, we, we don't deal in product businesses. We 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 don't help them because that's not where our expertise lies. We our expertise lies in helping service-based businesses, not large corporate entities either, small to mid-sized businesses, and we've had our fair share in the beginning of trying to help businesses who were very apprehensive about everything and it is hard to help a business who won't change something who is afraid to take a chance look by nature if you started a business you already took a chance so you have to be willing to take risk to find out what's gonna work for you and and we're trying to help businesses who weren't willing to take a risk we couldn't help them we take risks in our business all the time they're calculated but listen if you don't take a risk you're always gonna be like everybody else who plays it safe and you never win big when you play it safe so we help service-based businesses who already are ready to kick some butt who love to take risks who are aggressive who are fearless in nature and say look we're not afraid to try something new we just want to level up our business yeah we'll do it let's do this and they want to get assertive about it that's who we help and I don't generally we don't help businesses who are not that way we help the active engaged companies who are looking to kick some butt because look it takes guts to say you want to kick some butt and then actually turn around and do things to do it that's what it takes so you know you've got to be a beast in your industry if you really want to make an impact you look at all some of the great companies and I'll mention some large ones because it's easy to identify with companies like Nike who decided to not just make running shoes for runners but gear different kinds of shoes towards athletes of all natures CrossFit and football and baseball back in the early days when it was only runners who cared about sneakers these guys were making sneakers for you know, um, rough sports like I said football um, before CrossFit was a thing it was people who just worked out all the time and um, maybe did some hiking but it was it was all athletic based it wasn't just runner based or Apple geez could you get a more expensive product I mean look people pay 25% more for their stuff just because it's an Apple product and it's not just the, it's not the logo it's what they stand for they stand for buck the trends, beautiful design, frictionless interaction between the user and the device, and it works beautifully and intuitively and doesn't give you any, um, doesn't create problems for you. It, it, it takes down the obstacles between you and what you want to accomplish and express. That's what Apple does. You following? So those are companies that don't play on price. They play their game. They're they're unapologetic in who they are. And guess what? People love and are loyal to those brands. Not everybody loves Apple. I've met people who will not buy an Apple product. Why? Because they don't identify with them. They want to get the cheaper one. And they don't mind um, the fact that I believe a lot of the non-Apple products don't work as well or is not as beautifully interactive as Apple but that's why they appeal to me 
but they're unapologetic in who they are and stating it, and they can offer a premium price. So what does this mean to you? This is a lot of blabbing, right? So what I'm saying is be unapologetic about who you are, project it, state what you will not tolerate in your industry, amplify that, hook up with a great branding company who's not afraid to do that and can help you actually do that so that you are not like everybody else on purpose. You're going to be taking a little bit of risk because it's going to be outside your comfort zone. But it's really black and white. If you are like everybody else and you're playing it safe and you're afraid, that's exactly the problem. Dare to not be like everybody else. Have a little faith and belief in yourself and what you offer so that you can separate yourself from everybody else in an obvious way. And I'm not saying you've got to be super aggressive or assertive about it. You know, like us, you go to our website, unleashmybeastbrand.com, and you're going to see we, we have a certain attitude about us. And it's, it's, not a, it's not an arrogance, don't get me wrong. It's just that we're assertive in what we do and we know how to help people. But, you know, we're not for everybody. But if you want to get an idea of how we positioned ourselves you know, to separate ourselves from all the agencies out there and the ones that help all the really corporate clients. That's not us. Go to UnleashMyBeastBrand.com just to get a feel. And you can work with whoever you want to get the brand that you want. I hope that's clear. I, I had a lot to say and I had a lot on my mind, but I wanted to see if I can emphasize that as best as possible. That That is, that is uh, a take on branding that you probably won't hear that often because we don't believe in playing it safe and we don't believe that that's the way to go, especially in today's day and age where there is so many companies out there, so much competition and so much noise that the only way to separate yourself is to put a big gap between you and the others. And that takes fearlessness, takes risk, takes definitely getting outside your comfort zone. Uh, That's all I'm going to say. So I want to hear what you have to say, though. Tell me... Tell me how you've succeeded in building your brand and you know how that went and, and if you're not having any uh, any luck with what you've done and you need some answers to questions, hit me up across the web. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at AuthenticRobG. Over on YouTube for my channel Savvy, S-A-V-V-Y with Rob G. Check out the videos, spike the comments below, hit that subscribe button. I want to hear what you have to say. I've got great new content coming up every week. That's it for the Authentic Rob G Podcast. I am Rob G. Thank you for listening and have a great day.